0: Speak to us.
1: We are glad to have you. Love well, you. I love you. I do have a handout. I always have a handout. And I think, I made 80, so I think we have enough. And, yeah, just, you can put them in the back, maybe. And just, you can do whatever you do. Good morning, ladies. I have the belt of truth. And boy, have I loved putting this together because it's things that we know, but sometimes we forget. And when the soldiers in Rome would put all their armor on, clanking around, cobblestone, actually uh, streets... They were a formidable foe because they wanted not only to be top dogs, but they wanted to intimidate the people that were in town listening to them. And 2 Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly divining or handling The word of God. The problem that we have sometimes in our day and time, we hear all the time, well, my truth and your truth. So I'm not going to mess up your truth because I have my own and they're all equal. But the problem with this philosophy is a threefold problem. Number one, it's illogical. We never have the same truth, reference point that we do at one time, and it changes constantly. So what might be true at one time for you or for me isn't always. As a child, I believed that if I got a tooth out, I would, of course, put it under the pillow and the tooth fairy would come and give me, now don't laugh, because it was like 25 or 50 cents in those days. And, But that was my truth then. I knew I was going to find that under my pillow. And I'm sure that I thought maybe my parents were in charge of that, but it still was a wonderful thing. But that truth, which was my truth at the time, is no longer true. Well, I, I still have my teeth, too, I should say, that that's kind of a problem. And, and number two, it's unspiritual. The desire to cling to my truth, and Eve was, had one lie that she was told about the knowledge of good and evil, and don't eat of that tree. But she was tentilated because she thought, well, gosh, that would be wonderful if I could know what God knows. Well, Satan, even in those days, was saying, I'm going to fib, tell a lie, give a big one. And she believed it. So we have to be very careful to learn to discern the truth in everything. We get lies in Our country, our government, our kids. And yet, we still need to discern the truth. Now, in doing so, if we think we know what the truth is, it can be very exceptional that, um, oh, and being overconfident, it's kind of a risky situation to think that we can define truth by our personal perspective. We are not creators of the earth and of truth. And as Christians, we should believe that God is the only true, true and faithful one. He embodies truth. He can't be anything else but true. And what a wonderful thing that we can trust that because if we couldn't, we would be very discouraged. We should be really consumed with his truth, his love. Everything about him is really true. And this is liberating. We live in a world of lying lips. Proverbs 12, says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Think about this for a minute. Every stronghold that we have in our life actually comes from a lie. Even in advertisements. Oh, well, if you take this product, you're going to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. Well, I still think that would be wonderful, but you know, it's not true. It's not true. Ephesians 6, 14 says, stand therefore, stand, not sit, not slouch, not lounge around, but stand, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. You know, the armor of God is so wonderful. I'm going to talk a little bit later about that. But John 14:6, we know very well, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Remember, every stronghold in your life is attached to what? A lie. We have to really know and discern the truth. From a very young age, a lot of us have had a personal experience about ourselves. Things in the environment things that we've heard, things that we've grown up with, and a lot of our personal experiences say hold to that. When we talk about my truth, the problem is that that is subject to distortions, selective memories, or memories at all, and our own slanted perception of what actually is authentic. Because we hear often, Well, you're no good. Gee, you should be more like, and then you put the name in. You're stupid. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. How can, in the world, can you think that you could do this, whatever that this is? Because we've heard that in in many times, and people don't realize that our hearts and our minds take those things in. God's truth is what we're looking for. And even when someone says, well, you know, I don't believe in heaven or hell. That might be their truth at the time, but it's not true, is it? The Bible talks a lot more about hell than it does the good things. But he wants to warn us. Or perhaps somebody might say, well, you know, I'm really a pretty good person. I haven't killed anybody. Uh, You know, so what's the big deal? I I think I'm going to just take my chances getting into heaven. Well, that doesn't work either. That's not true. But a lot of people have these ideas that have been held for many, many years, and we don't realize that we're really holding them, but sometimes they stand more important in our lives than the actual truth. But this is the cool thing. I love it. God's truth has the power to heal us that far, is far greater than our truth's, quote-unquote, power to destroy. I know, I love it. I'm going to say it again, just in case you didn't remember. Because I w- if I were sitting out there, I think, what did she say? I don't remember. God's truth has the power to heal us, that is far greater than our truth's power to destroy. His word is like medicine. It's like a sharp scalpel that hits and gets into our open, hidden hearts and our secrets that we don't want anybody else to know. But the Holy Spirit never condemns us about what he finds. God's word is designed to bring healing and liberating truth to our lives. You know, Satan wants to disarm us, destroy us, deflate us, lies all the time. Well, you didn't really, he didn't really save you. And you know, we start to think about that. But God wants to renew us and redeem us revitalize us, and make us brand new sisters. Yes. Now, Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Every word, not just a few, but every single minute word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So, Jesus said to the Jews, and we know this, John 31, verse 32 says, he said, those who believed him, if you abide, and abide means to dwell or to spend time in his word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and I know you know the rest, and the truth will set you free. And I'm thinking, we have power as a woman. Um, Helen Reddy had the song, Hear Me Roar. Some of you remember that. Well, you know, when Christian women know how loved they are, they are unstoppable. And I'm thinking, what about all the noise that we hear in the Valley of, of News And good things and more bad things. Just think what would happen if we got together in our hearts. We don't have to be together personally. But think of what we could do when we know without a shadow of a doubt that God loves us. He empowers us. The truth is in us. We have the armor of God, which we should never take off, literally, figuratively. But think about what we could do in this valley. We have the 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 thought of the clanking armor. Now those were heavy. They made a lot of noise. Well ladies to the glory of God we should be praising him. They should the whole valley should be noticing, not because we're wonderful, but because we serve a wonderful God, and we can't be quiet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, they said my time is up. But you know, I have one more paragraph. I'm so sorry, because I didn't know how much time we had. Is that what you were telling me? I thought you were saying you loved me. Oh, it's all true. All the above. well, anyway, I'm sorry, excuse me, former teacher, I will always be, but when we align our truth through prayer, meditate on him, learn his ways by reading his word and spending time and realizing ladies, how much he loves us and cares for us, his truth becomes our truth. We, can, we are free to love and obey God while we glorify and enjoy him forever. Now, it doesn't get better than that. Now, this is just one of those things that I do, but I was so blessed because the, you, you, where are they? They, they sang this. God is who he says he is. God can do what he says he can do. I am God. Uh, Who God says I am. No, I'm not God. Please. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God's word is alive and active in me, and I'm finished. Okay.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Hey, y'all. It's great to see you guys today. I have a question for you. Have you ever wanted to give up? Just quit? Come on, ladies. Be honest. (laughs) Have you been upset when God didn't answer uh, the cries of your heart the way that you wanted him to and the timing that you wanted him to? I have two sons. One of them uh, came to know Jesus when he was an early teen, but he just struggles with his faith. You know, he's really intelligent. We drove him across the country. We took him to graduate school, and it was really hard because he just wasn't rooted. You know what I mean? He wasn't rooted. He wasn't... Founded he wasn't grounded and it, what really shook me though and just broke my heart was when he told me that he um, one night cried out to God and he said if you are real show me and it was dead silence and when he told me that I said really God really you're god you can do anything you could have talked to him you could have sent an angel you could have sent a piece of paper off the bulletin board and just let it fall to the ground right shook the sent a wind through done something why why didn't you do something and you know god has spoke to me in lots of ways not audibly but he's wrapped his arms around me he said i love you he's done so many things like that But through this process, I see myself before the throne of God saying, why? And he said, I'm God. You're not. Get over it. (laughs) The same week, I was talking to a pastor who was on staff with me and telling him the story. And um, then the same week, I was the pastor in charge of our family camp. We were going camping. I go with some friends of ours all the time. Went to family camp. One of my very good friends, husband at family camp, drops dead of a massive heart attack. I'm the pastor that gets to go with her to the little hospital, hold her hand, call her daughter on the phone, say, your dad's dead. Call his mother, say, your son's dead. And I'm back at the spot where he sent me for a loop again. Why God, why, 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 why? So he sent me to the truth of who he was, right to the names of God, okay? Um, he's Elohim. He's the eternal God. He's Jehovah, self-existing Almighty One. He's El Olam, the everlasting God. He's El Rakum, the merciful God. He's El Shaddai, the Almighty God. He's Jehovah, or Jehovah, Ari, the My Light. He's the Most High God. He's the God of Truth. He's the mighty God. He's our helper, our provider, our banner, my God, my king. He's the one who rides on the clouds. He's the one who heals. He's my shepherd. He's the one who forgives. He's present. He's my strength. He's faithful. He's perfect. He's my rock, my salvation, my redeemer. He's the creator. He's the first and last. He's Eternal God, the Father, and the one that spoke to me the most at that time is He's El Roy, and he's only once in the Bible that he's called that. It's in Genesis 16. I have five minutes, so I can't tell you the whole story. But my fair paraphrase is this: It's Hagar, Hagar, who got pregnant by her boss. Okay, whose <laughs> wife let her get pregnant by her boss. Uh, then they didn't like each other. She ran out into the desert because she got abused. And the angel appeared to her and said, what are you doing, lady? Where are you going? You got nowhere to go? He said, guess what? You're going to have a son. His name's going to be Ishmael, which, by the way, means God hears. (laughs) Interesting enough. He said he's going to have, you know, he's going to have descendants too numerous to count. Don't lose hope. Go back. Do what you're supposed to do. And she cried out, and she said, oh, Roe, you are the God who sees me. And God spoke to me, and he said, I see you. I see you. I see you. He goes, I know your pain. I know your needs. I know the cries of your heart. And I got you. I got you. That's what he said. I got you. The truth about God reminded me of his sovereignty. You know, when he's got the bigger picture, when I don't understand why he didn't speak audibly to my son at the moment that he cried out to him, when I don't understand, you know, what's going on in this world, what people do, what they do, or why people suffer or why people die, Um, you know, God's view is bigger. I have to stand on the truth of who God is. You know, I have to do that. You know, I have to say he's in control. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And guess what, ladies? He has a plan and a purpose for you, too. He knows who you are. He sees who you are. He sees your hurts. He sees your joys. He sees everything about you, and he loves you, and he's got you. He's got you. <laughs> and guess what? He's, there's truth in his promises, too, and I remember in Romans 8, right, that he, nothing separates from his love. In Philippians 1, he says, he says you know, I'm going to complete the good work that I started in you. And in Revelation 21, the best of all, <laughs> the best of all, when he says one day, We're going to see him face to face. And there will be no more pain. There will be no more sorrow. There will be no more tears. And we're going to see him and we're going to get to spend eternity with him. So, Aretta asked me this question. She said, how do you lead on the truth of God? And I say, I can't minister without standing on the truth of who God is. I can't do what I do without standing on the promises of what God says and says to his believers and to all of you who believe in him and stand on the promises and are faithful to him. So, keep doing it, ladies. He sees you. He's got you. Thank you.
3: Hello, ladies. Hello. Oh, I like you guys. Give me feedback. I love it. All right. So my name is Janae. If y'all don't know that, it's very nice to meet you. Um, And so I'm going to be talking about something that a lot of people struggle with. And I know it's something that a lot of people struggle with because whenever I talk about it, their heads go down and I'm like, it's okay. We can make eye contact. And that's forgiveness. Yes. Forgiveness. Yes. We're going to go there. Okay. So. What I wanna do is talk about the truth of forgiveness because I noticed that in our walk, a lot of people struggle with forgiveness because of the stuff that people have done to us, said to us, things such as that. And so let's talk about the truth about forgiveness. We have to forgive. It is a demand. It is a necessity. It is a choice that we have to make. And if we look in the book of Matthew 5.23, it says, therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, And there remember that your brother, or sister, has something against you. Leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Now, in Matthew 6, uh, verses 14 to 15, it says, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But... If you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. So I want you guys to really look at the seriousness of that verse. If you do not forgive others, then your Father in heaven will not forgive your transgressions. And I'm really emphasizing this because people forget that they have to make the choice to forgive. Because what happens when we don't forgive? We live in resentment, right? And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have resentment towards that person. It's okay. Okay, then why is it that every time they come into the room, you're like, honestly, why is it that every time someone mentions their name, they're like, she's not all that. She's fine. I I guess she could, she's fine. She's just doing her thing. It's whatever. Let's be honest. All y'all have done that at one point in your lives. I've done it. And so it could be towards anyone, a coworker a fellow churchgoer, someone you may be sitting next to. If it is, don't make eye contact. Just like look away. Just be like, okay. A family member, a friend. It could be anyone. There are many people that we need to forgive in our lives. And so we really need to look at what happens to us when we don't forgive. Because we can tell ourselves, no, I forgave them. I forgave them. But we're still living with that resentment. If that person walks into a room and you still are dealing with, like, oh, I can't stand them, or, oh, they did this to me. How could she not know that what she said or did hurt me? We still have resentment. Let's be honest about it. We can't lie to ourselves and say, no, I don't have any resentment. No, you do. You know that you don't have resentment when you're able to speak life over that person, even if they hurt you. You're able to go to them and pray with them and pray for them. That is the truth. To where if someone mentions their name, you're not like, You're more like, no, that person brings life into the room. That person brings joy. This person is able to do these things. And I pray that God blesses that person. That's when you know you don't have resentment in your life. And so what I'm going to do is share how knowing that truth of forgiveness has changed the way that I live my life and my walk with Christ. So long story short, I'm going to keep it brief because Grace has given me that look. So one of the first people I truly had to forgive was my father. Long story short, in my childhood, I was exposed to a lot of domestic violence because my father struggled with addiction. I was not able to truly forgive him until it was at the place where it was just me and God. And he was like, look, you got way too much resentment because I was lying to myself. I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'll get over it. I'll get past it. But he's like, no, you have such resentment towards your father that it's starting to cause you to walk this way instead of walking in the path that I have set for you. And so for me, it looked like having a true conversation, approaching him and saying, you know what? I forgive you. And at the same time, taking accountability because there's some stuff that I did towards him that hurt him. I took accountability and I also had to apologize. That's what happens with forgiveness. And so I really want you guys to take a step back. Is there someone in your life that you have not forgiven? Are you that person to where if someone says or does something to you, you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna set up boundaries. I don't need to talk to them about it. I'm gonna just have boundaries towards this person and not address it. If someone hurts you, talk to them about it. There's nothing wrong with saying what you said or did hurt me. Allow that conversation to happen. Or if you have done something and you're walking in pride, let me say that again, you're walking in pride, And you're like, I didn't do anything wrong? No, take accountability. Apologize if you need to. I don't want to see my sisters in Christ walking with all this resentment and being held down. You cannot grow if you're being held down by resentment, okay? So as you guys leave here, think to yourself who is in my life that I need to forgive? Because if you are not forgiving that person, you will not grow. I'm sorry, but you will not grow. The enemy wants to keep you in a place of hatred and anger and resentment. Do not allow him to put you in that dark corner. Walk out and show others, because I love Christ, I forgive. Because I am changed by Christ, I will forgive. Remember that, ladies. I love y'all. Grace gave me the time.
4: are on a time frame. Hi, I'm Deborah Henderson. I know nobody in here except for maybe three people, the people (laughs) that I know. Thank you for having me here today. So we are on a time frame, five minutes, just so you know. I'm very transparent with what I do. Five minutes is what we have. And it made me struggle through this. My topic is now that I know the truth, how do I self-care? exactly what i thought when she gave me the excitement Mm. but that's okay because i have a team i have the holy spirit i have the father of the son i have a team i have the the creator of the universe with me so when i say guys how are we going to do this they're like deb surrender let us walk you through this. And through this whole time for prepping was I went in all these different directions because I have lots of experience with falling on my face. So I am an expert on falling on my face. Maybe that's why she asked me. (laughs) But I'm very transparent with it because I have a lot of abilities to get up and go but the world teaches us how to do self-care the worldly way so I want to say those words out loud because it leads us into what we just saw it leads us into these sidesteps you can set boundaries and you can set things that the world has set for us to do and we're not going to heal we're just going to be temporarily okay but I want to do a little exercise with you So everybody in this room, as you're seated, I would love for you to turn, don't get up, but just turn around and make eye contact with somebody you don't know. Just take a look, okay? Somebody you don't know. Yeah, who do you not know, Aretta? You know everybody. Okay, great. Okay, you've got that person in your vision, right? Okay, now what I want you to do is go up to that person. You're going to have to get out of your seat. You're going to go up to that person and say, wait, I messed up. As you're sitting here, because I got excited. As you're sitting here, before you go over to that person, I want you to, I want you sitting there to represent a situation that you're either dealing with right now or you've dealt with. Everybody has an issue. There's nobody in this place that has no issues. Okay? He already died and went to heaven. The rest of us we have issues. So I want you to think about the issue. If you need to close your eyes, close your eyes. You're going through something right now. I'm going to read off things that might you might be feeling. You might be feeling completely scared and terrified. You might be feeling frustrated that the person you love is treating you this way. You might be angry that the person you trust hurts you over and over. You might feel lonely. You absolutely might not feel loved at all. You may feel trapped that there's no way out of this situation, no matter what you do. Now I want you to get up and go to that person you made eye contact with, And I want you to tell them, I'm here, and I'm glad you're here with me. Now, go find them. I don't, do I get you? So they're... All right, it's not chatty time. Get back. (laughs) Oh, wow, I needed that. Okay. So let's go ahead and take a quick seat. I hope you made a new friend. She's your new bestie, just so you know. All right. The reason why I had you guys do that is to break the narrative, break the silence, break it. Because the world wants to keep us trapped, or they just want to lie to us and tell us they have the solution. Does Instagram have the solution every day thrown at you? If you do this, this will happen. Don't get me started. So us, we have the answer. And we've just heard how the answer works. But I want to share with you if a takeaway is, what can you do to start getting out of that situation because people can tell you oh I'll pray for you mm. oh you need to, you need to fill in the blank okay I want you in your situation to realize that self-help the first step to self-help is I have a problem when I went through my ordeal the first one because there was more after. But the first one, I was a professional banker at Bank of America. I looked amazing every day going to work. Had my little outfits on, driving my car, doing my jam. And I was dealing with a very disgusting, terrible situation in my family. And I remember when I finally reached out for help, I was saying, but I'm a professional. These things don't happen to me. I don't know what to do. I call my family and they tell me pray about it. Fabulous. Fabulous, somebody's hurting me. What do I do? So the first step is I had to go outside my comfort zone. I had to go outside of my norm, outside of the people that I knew because guess what? There's professionals out there that are there and trained. They don't they're not just trained they're constantly renewing what they do. In my profession, I'm trained at what I do. I can do that in my sleep. I've been doing it for 20 years, but I'm constantly getting training for it. The market's constantly changing. I'm a real estate agent, by the way. So the, you know it's always changing, but I do it over and over. These people, when I, walk, when I finally reached out my hand for help and I showed up defeated, disgusted, embarrassed, like I, didn't, I don't fit in this group. I don't look like I fit in this group, but I was in this group. And when they asked me a couple questions for a little while, and then the person I was talking to pulled out a laminated chart and explained my life to me on a laminated chart. She knew what I was going through. It was laminated. (laughs) There was nothing new. But because I had never been in that environment, It was new to me, and if I had enough boundaries, I think that's why she was supposed to go before me, I had boundaries. Don't talk to me like that. I had my own will, but I had to learn. I had to reach out. So my topic was, now that you know the truth, talk about self-care. Self-care is you have to be with people. You can't heal and grow and learn by yourself. And that's what got me through the doors. My first step was as I, you now, my new trial after trial after trial. <laughs> but I got help because I had to reach outside of everybody that I was around. Okay. So the takeaway, and I'm big on takeaways because if I'm reading the word of God, it's wonderful, but it's irrelevant unless I do what it says. All it is, it, I can't say all it is is words because it's so holy to me. But if I don't show action, he's just looking at me like, then why are you reading it? So it's, it's, I need to make it alive with my actions. It's already alive and it's the best ever. Our first speaker here, she said it. I took notes because I'm always learning. She said the truth, the truth is the bar, period. It's not the, it's the bar, There it is, never changing. So we have that. So what I want you to do for takeaway is you got to get in the word to be able to have that conversation with Jesus. Jesus, I'm hurting here. He wants to hear you have that conversation. If you are not talking to Jesus daily, because I've been a Christian my entire life, and he's in your heart. Even if you don't talk to him, we know he's in your heart. I make an appointment with Jesus. I live on appointments all day. I literally have a 5 a.m. standing appointment with Jesus. And I pretend he's waiting for me at 5 a.m. That's important to me. I don't start my day without him. So make an appointment, whatever time that is. If, if, if you find yourself doing laundry or doing an email and something comes up and you're not spending time with him, think about him as an actual person and make that appointment and show up. Number two, your current status is just what's happening right now. You don't have to stay there. It's not forever. Your current situation, start telling yourself, this is just temporary. This is just, I'm going to get help. All right, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to get help. So that's number two. Number three is the get help. So get help means you got to have that conversation. But who, but not to have the conversation is with Jesus. He wants to hear. Remember when he was walking around and the person was crippled and he turned to him and goes like, what do you need? And everyone's like, Jesus, he's crippled. Like it's obvious of what he needs, but he wanted that person to say, I want to be healed. So I'm sorry, I went over five minutes. I did, right? But there's, you can't just say self-care, bada bing, bada boom. It's a process. First step you got to be with Jesus. Communicate with him. Tell him what it is. Because guess what? Things, when you tell him, he's going to bring things in front of you. Like he brought that telephone number in front of me, and I made that phone call, and my life changed. And again, it was laminated, guys, laminated. So self-care isn't just about getting a mani-pedi. I'll join you for those. That's wonderful. We can look fabulous. We can look great on the outside. But if the inside's tormented, like we heard earlier, we cannot grow. We cannot move on. We can't, we can't feel our growth with our relationship. So to me, my relationship with Jesus is so much more important than having that difficult conversation with somebody to say, this is not right. I love you guys.
5: Those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91, verse 1. Please bear with me. I lost my mom less than a year ago. I miss her terribly. And when Aretha asked me to speak, I knew right away the Lord wanted me to do it. However, I said, you don't want me to talk about my mom, do you? And she said, no, share your testimony. And then as I was putting this together, I thought, she's such a huge part of that. So I'll be honoring her today. So please just bear with me. I brought tissue just in case. But thank you for the opportunity to be here. Oftentimes during challenges or in times of joy, I will repeat these verses just laying in bed. Those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And guys, he's the creator of the universe. If it's important to us, it's important to him. And his protection is always on us. We have the incredible opportunity to come into the very throne room of the heavenly Father. That curtain was ripped from top to bottom when Jesus said, "It is finished." Into you I commit my spirit. Hebrews ten nineteen through twenty two says, "Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is the body." And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. I don't know about you, ladies, but there are not many things in life, if any, other than Jesus that provide full assurance. Let that sink deep into your soul. One of my friends always said that I hit the parent lottery, and she was right. You know, with us, we would say we were blessed with God's best but my precious mom and dad are the reason that I'm standing here before you today. And my sweet husband, when I told him about speaking, he said, Can I come? <laughs> that I think you'll stick out a little bit because you're not a lady. <laughs> Through life's hard times and struggles, mom always pointed me to Jesus. Oh, how I loved and miss her precious and powerful praying and encouragement. She was always sending me sermons, scriptures. And one thing that I loved that she always did, not only with me, but with friends and even on social media, anybody can say I'm praying for you. And by the way, God says, if you are not a believer and know him as your savior, the only prayer that he hears from an unbeliever is the prayer of salvation, repentance. So we need to List those prayers. Type out a prayer on social media so that people see that we are seeking the Lord on their behalf. And she most definitely touched heaven and blessed so many around her. I am so grateful for their godly example. The, work, the Lord worked through my mom in, in countless ways and daily Um, I always want to have the passion for sharing him with unbelievers that my mom had. And one of the best examples I actually shared at her service as well. My mom had ALS. And I don't know what you know about that, but it destroys your muscles. So, you know, eventually you can't eat and you can't speak and so forth. But thank God for technology. And she had this app that we found out about at one of her appointments at UCLA, text-to-speech. This was one of the very last times that we were at UCLA, and she was she was struggling. It was hard for her to walk, but she always had God's joy. She saw and identified a lady in the lobby of this um, place that we went to go in UCLA for her appointments. And she was confined to a wheelchair, and my mom was so adamant about typing out, Do you know Jesus loves you? And showing it to this lady, you know, even in the midst of her struggle. And she was towards the end of her journey here with us on earth. And she, it was so important to her to let this person know about Jesus' light and his salvation for her. The Lord worked through her for all of us to even toward the end. And it's amazing that others have been talking about forgiveness because it's right here on my sheet too. (laughs) Um, forgiveness is not easy, but guess what? It's not optional. Um, he commanded that we forgive so we can be forgiven. And this scripture is definitely worth repeating. Matthew six fourteen. for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And guess what? Many times the person who wronged you is not going to say anything. They're never going to ask for forgiveness or be sorry for what they did to us. But forgiveness sets us free. And my mom told me that over and over, whether it's a friend, it's work, it's whatever it may be. She taught me, say out loud, I forgive this person. And you know, I guess it took me a while to implement that. I should have listened to her right away. But she told me that. And when I did it, literally, I felt different. And almost immediately, and God's timing is not always immediate, but in this case it was, things started changing. And it made my perspective different to see these people with love. Because guess what? We don't get to discriminate against people that may be believers or unbelievers. We have the uh, responsibility to see them the way Jesus sees them to the best of our ability. I grew up knowing Jesus, but sadly didn't follow him as closely as I am now, and and I have so many mistakes, as I know everyone has, but mom showed us and so many others how to love him, and that there is always so much more. The more we talk to him, the more we dedicate and make appointments with him and spend time with him, read his word the more he will inhabit us, the more we can hear his faint whispers and what to do in everyday situations. Um, Here is a great place to start to be more like Jesus, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I love the last part of this. Against such things, there is no law. Lord, help me to be more like you and let others see you when they look at me. God's goodness is so rich and he is willing to give us as much as we seek him. There is such a testament to God's goodness, goodness and love the way my mom... Um, showed his love every single day. And she was not perfect, ladies, as I know no one is, as someone mentioned before, except Jesus. But she was uh, definitely always pointing others to Jesus. He is always waiting and longing to spend time with us. He desires time, worship, praise from his precious children. It always amazes me that he is never tired, never bored, never mad at us, never needing to take a phone call when we need to talk to him. He is longing for us to come with him. And also, if it's important to us, it's important to him. It doesn't matter how small it is. That's something that I've always been taught as well. If it's important to his children, it is important to him. The king of the universe cares about us. Our creator adores us as daughters and sons of the king. I have also learned that in recent years when we truly speak seek him and spend time with him, he will give us that peace that literally no one else can give. As I was going through uh, the first few weeks and months, I was very restless, and the only way that I could find peace was sitting down and reading his word. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. What an incredible promise. Thank you.
6: Well, good morning to you beautiful ladies. I honor the presence of the Lord and I honor a for trusting me to share with you for five minutes. If I have one flaw, it's um, being accountable and being compliant. I'm very compliant. Um, I was always a compliant child. I never rebelled verbally, although in my heart I did, but I never said it out loud to my mother. But So I'll try to keep it to five minutes as you have tasked us to do. Um, But I honor you today for being the leader of this section and for bringing such beautiful women together. This is amazing. And I thank God for you. Thank God for the vision, amen. Thank God for the plans that he made and he's made it plain today, so glory to God. And I also honor Janelle Sana. Janelle chose me many, many years ago to join her board um, in women's ministry. And Janelle, I honor you today that you're still faithful and serving would you stand so the ladies can see who you are? Janelle Sanna, first lady. <laughs> um, praise God for you. And then I also honor Alema Olemma um, was my second women's ministry leader. So Lemma, would you stand again to greet the people? Let them see who you are. Turn around. Let them see you. Praise God for you. Um, I served under you as well, and so I honor my leaders. And I honor, I think, the mother of this house, Pastor Barbara Potop. I honor you today, Pastor Barbara. I served with her for over 20 years, ministering in Sunday school to the children first and to the adults, and so God has been faithful um, to allow me to minister and serve under such powerful leaders. And so um, it's difficult to be here today. Um, I'm just torn because of work obligations. I was up at six o'clock this morning up until nine last night, and it's just, my mind was torn, and I thought about not accepting, I thought about calling and saying, I can't do it, or rather, it's just too much, but God is able, amen, and when we press our way, he is honored, and he is blessed, and so, um, she says to talk about, now that I know the truth, it will change the way I pray, and, um, I meditated on that, um, chewed on that, and slept on it, and didn't sleep on it, and woke up in the middle of the um, night, in the morning, thinking about, Lord, what should I say to the women of God? What should I say to the daughters of the King um, about this? And I was going in two different directions, and I went back and forward, and I thought, okay, should we talk about leadership and accountability and being compliant, amen, for being women of integrity? and. How do we pray now that we know the truth? That's a huge task, right? So now that we know the truth, and the ladies um, before me laid the foundation on what we should do and how we should do it, and to be honest with ourselves, and to be honest with others, and to be honest with God. And Janelle, um, not Janelle, janae challenged us to forgive. Wow. Huge, right? Um, We, most of us, walk around with unforgiveness in our hearts, and so now that was a different takeaway for us. Um, Deborah said she liked takeaways, so we have lots of takeaways today um, for different areas, and, and I'm grateful for this because it helps to keep us accountable. And this, we are in good company, amen. Because most of us have the same issues. We suppress them, right? And we said, "Oh, everything is good." Praise God, Hallelujah. But we've got, we have all got issues that we are dealing with, that we're challenged with, that we don't always talk about. But these kind of platforms and forums allow us to be transparent, to really search our hearts and ask God to forgive us before we greet a sister that we really, that's not our favorite, right? It causes us to search our hearts and say, God, you know, I have to love her the way you love me, right? It's a challenge, right? I have to see the potential in her that you see in me. Hallelujah. And we serve a God that can do the impossible. No thing is impossible with him. Nothing, right, is impossible. And so we have to just pray and be open and say, God, change our heart. Change our insight. Change our attitude. Change our mind. And he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly all that we can think or ask. Have you proven him to be faithful? It's, he's only been faithful to a red. Okay, so I'll move on. Have you proved him to be faithful? Amen. He woke us up this morning in our right mind, right? Praise God. He made a way for us to get here, right? That's faithfulness. Amen. And so now that I know the truth, how will I pray? And my scripture um, assigned was Ephesians 6:14. And can you hear me clearly? Am I speaking loud enough? I'm not going too fast, am I? Amen, and Grace, it's okay to give me a a flag, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, So my scripture is Ephesians 6, 14, saying, stand firm then with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And as my dear sister um, began to speak, I said, Miss Sylvia, you cannot take over my scripture, that's mine. Leave that alone. <laughs> I brought something for that. And, and as I prepared for this time, I read and I meditated on the book of Ephesians, and I understood that Paul was writing to believers living in, in and around Ephesus, and he wrote um, the book about a fam- the city that was famous for its wealth, its commerce, business, and religion. Does that sound like Las Vegas? Amen? That's where we are. And this letter of um, Ephesians focuses on God's amazing and wonderful plan for his church and every member of it. The letter also emphasizes that a spirit of unity is essential for the body of Christ. And we should all submit. Jesus is the head, of course, of the body and of the church. And we should all submit to one another in marriage, family, and in relationships, work relationships. And as we submit ourselves through these these relationships, we offer and we offer encounter and are engaged in something called spiritual warfare. Have you heard about that? Have you heard about that? Have you experienced that? Well, good news. I brought you some good news today. We have been given a special gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, to help us to warfare. But before we warfare, we have to learn first how to pray. Amen? And when we learn how to pray, we can put on that spiritual armor. Amen? And when we adorn ourselves in those pieces, um, we have the the belt, which we have to gird our waist with truth. And that's the waist. That's around here. And most of you under 30 probably still have a waist. (laughs) You have a waistline, amen, that you can wear a belt. But most of us older ladies, older saints, we probably have to get a tie or something. But we want to put on the belt of, of um, truth, okay? We must know the truth, speak the truth, and live the truth. Like Sister Sylvia said, we must be women of integrity and keepers of the law. Then we must put on the, the breastplate of righteousness. To be righteous is doing what is right. This is essential in spiritual battle. Righteousness is our identification, us. That's our ID, and separates us from the world. And then after the breastplate of righteousness, and I'll go really quick, Miss Grace, we have to put, prepare our feet be, to be ready to share the gospel of truth, the shield of faith, you must believe. Without faith, works is dead. We must put on the helmet of salvation, and I'll stop there. And when we put on the helmet of salvation, our minds is protected, our heads are protected, our thoughts are protected. Hallelujah. The mind and the brain is the central focus point. That's the command center is what I said here. And then finally, we have to have the sword of the spirit. And with these tools and with fervent prayer, ladies, we can do the impossible for Christ. Be blessed.
7: So she ended at a really good place because I'm supposed to speak about, now that you know the truth, How do you take care of your mental health? And so I am a licensed clinical uh, mental health counselor here in the state of Nevada. And um, that's not my highlight of my life, actually. (laughs) I think the highlight is being a mother of five. But I've got five minutes and I cannot talk about them right now. Talk about mental health now that you know the truth. And even though we talk about now that I know the truth that we have that belt on, I'm, like, I'm so glad she mentioned um, people under 30 pounds can wear belts because I hate belts. Mine's got already be attached to my skirt. Um, I love the fav- My favorite part of Ephesians is the helmet of salvation because I do deal with people with mental illness And so we take it lightly in this country. But I have found that a lot of the mental illness that I'm dealing with isn't really mental illness. It is spiritual warfare that they're fighting because they don't have the helmet of salvation. That's like first. I can't, sometimes I'm like, do you even know Jesus? And then they say, no, I'm not even interested. I'm like, I don't even know where to go with this person, God, because they don't even trust you. They don't believe in you. So they're going to be stuck right here for a minute. However, they don't have the helmet of salvation, so they can't see the truth. And so I feel like I can just say ditto and put my microphone down because they've said everything. But in the way of knowing the truth, then we got to stop and say, what is the truth? Well, first, the truth is Jesus is the truth, the light, and the way. Like, that's it. There's nothing else other than that. That is the truth. And the second truth that we know is that it, he who's he, when he says who the son sets free is free indeed. So when you're dealing with mental illness, it just means you're captured and you're bound and that you're not living in a truth. And I'm talking about the truth, not my truth, Right. Not my truth, your truth, you're living your truth, my truth, but we know the truth. And we also know the truth is that when you put the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. But the thing is, is we put the cart all the way wrong before the horse. And you're sitting here looking at the horse like, push this cart. That's because it's backwards. You got it wrong. That's not the way it's supposed to be. And the world says, put the cart before the horse. And then you're sitting here messed up and not moving far on this earth. So we, women of God, we know the truth. Not my truth, our truth, your truth. No, we know the truth. And what I found is that most people that think they know my truth, they're so stuck in bondage. My truth means that I am leaning to my own understanding. That's what my truth really means. And so what I found is that when we lean on our our own understanding, every time we fall short, We just fall short because our truth is so limited. Who are you compared to the God of the universe that you know the truth? Come on now, that's so arrogant of us, right? But that's where anxiety lives. When you know, if you're 45, if you're 25, if you're 65, your truth is this limited amount of time on earth, which you don't even know the whole picture, you only know your picture. And that's where anxiety and depression lives. It loves. Depression loves when you live in your truth. I'm not anything. I'm never going to be. That's your truth? Okay. Well, the truth of God says you are loved. I know you. You're more than a conqueror. You know, all these other truths, not your truth. And so what I love about Proverbs 3 and 7 is do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones that is the your skull is a bone right and your brain lives in there that's where the mental illness takes place is when your thoughts are all jacked up and you don't know the truth so now that we put on this truth and we know the truth if you watch the news every day you feel like you're informed but you don't know the truth And if you are on social media 16,000 times a day, you think you've been informed and you know the truth. But you don't know the truth by being on social media. So what I found is that because the truth, we can't think that through this world, we're going to go every single day not spending time with the truth, that we're going to walk out unaffected, unaffected, We're going to be impacted by social media, the news, our whiny friends, our family members, our kids that are acting crazy, our husbands that think that you're supposed to do everything, but you have to stop and say, what is the truth, Right? And it says, now that I know the truth, I, I know me. This is me. Let's talk about December. Now that I know the truth, I know that I have to wake up every morning and have devotion with God. And for me, it has to be no less than an hour. I know that for me. Five kids, a husband, and two turtles. I, me, I need nothing less than an hour every single day with God. Why? Because it shifts my negative thoughts. It changes my stinking thinking and gets me back on the heavenly platform of where the truth lives. So, I have to have an uninterrupted. Somebody said, when you're washing your clothes, I can't even be washing clothes because I'll get mad when I'm washing clothes. Who put a crayon in the washing machine? Why are all these marbles in the bottle? So I can't, my, 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 my devotion time has to be uninterrupted with God. And so I, I mean, I got to sit down and I, and the only reason why is because when I'm in his presence, you know what I'm reminded, this is such an awesome revelation right here. I'm reminded that God is omnipresent and December's not. I can only be in one place at one time, and he gets to be in all these places at one time. So that means that he knows the truth. It also reminds me that God is a healer, and I'm not. I just have Band-Aids and and, um, antiseptic for you. That's all I got. He's like the ultimate bomb in Gideon, Las Vegas. And so I also know that when I spend time with God, he's a mind regulator. He knows how to shift chemicals in our bodies better than Zoloft could ever do, and or these marijuana gummies that are just now becoming so popular. That is not the truth. The world will tell you that is the truth. But now that we know truth, I know that I have to eat well. Because when I eat a bag of Skittles, that's for my friend, I know that I walk away so fuzzy and so down and so, oh, I don't feel so well. And now that I know the truth, I know that I am not Jesus Jr., I got that from somebody else, but I just had to say that today. Listen, women, we think we are Jesus Jr. We really take on the Holy Spirit's role every single day you wake up, thinking that you can do all this work and be the truth, the light, and the way and take care of the whole world and carry it on your shoulders and think that you're going to go to sleep that night, not stressed out, not depressed, not anxiety-ridden, not overwhelmed. That is where mental illness lies when you think you are Jesus Jr., Stop doing the Holy Spirit's job and spend some time with the Holy Spirit. And now that you know the truth, get your spiritual routine together. If it's working out, work out. If it's spending time with God, spend time with God. If it's eating well, eat well. If it's taking your medicine, so I'm not going to even take that lightly. I really believe that there are some people who have a chemical imbalance. That's what I was studied that's what I know. I believe God can kill a, heal a, um, a chemical imbalance. But in the meantime, thank God for science. Stop taking your medicine and see what happens. Take your medicine and keep the routine, knowing that God works in routine. God is not opposed to medicine, but God is opposed to anything that stands up in your life and becomes God first. So the truth is, following God's routine will keep your heart and your mind and will guard you. Jesus left us with some words, some words words of wisdom. Take heart. In this world, you're going to have trouble. In this world, you might have anxiety. You might come depressed. Something may have really happened to you that is really traumatic. Take heart. He says, I have overcome the world, and that's where our truth is. Thank you.
8: She almost had me hopping. I was about, oh, glory! I was, oh, I was about to put on the, the Pentecostal anointing and run around this room and call on Jesus because, oh, Lord, cover my mind. Because, guys, before I even say anything, I want to say thank you so much. All the women ministry directors in this room, God bless you. Thank you so much for taking my calls and responding to my text messages. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank all the ladies. There are a couple of ladies. I know they don't want me to put them on blast right now. Throughout the week, text messages, phone calls, Radha, we can do this. This is what we need in Las Vegas. We need to get our women together. Thank you guys so much. There's my pastor's wife. She's not here. But the first thing she did this morning was, Aretta, you're being prayed for. You're going to do this. There's another pastor. I have to call her name because she was the first one that reached out to me this week. She said, Aretta, I am so sorry, but I already booked this appointment ahead of time. I have to be out of town. But my ladies, they have to be there to support you. My woman ministry pastor, she's going to be there. And I just want you to know we are championing you. We are here. You are not going to fail. If you think you fail, you're not failing by yourself. We all fail. If you win, you're not winning by yourself. We all win together. And so I am so thankful. And yes, I am restricted to the time frame as well. And I don't want grace to give me any finger. So here is my assignment. Now that you know the truth, how do you see missions? How do you see missions? I grew up in the islands, y'all. And when we talk about missions, we're talking about these people coming in and um, my everyone in the community, they're going to give them the best bed. You sleep here. They're going to give them the best food. My grandmother is going to take out the best silverware that only missionaries use because everybody can't use it. That's what we know about missions. We take out our best. But today, as I stand before you, I know the truth now about missions. And I assign it to John chapter 4. That's the most famous scripture in the Bible. when we're talking about women of character. Certain character. <clears throat> I'm not talking about myself. But certain women of character. When we, when we go to John chapter 4, we think about, oh my gosh. The, the most things we can remember about her is that she said, go call your husband. And she said, hmm, he's not my husband. We were just shacking. But this scripture... Reveals so much more to me. It reveals to me that when we know the truth about missions. It removes hostilities. Between people group. It removes the barriers between culture. Race. Ethnicity. Gender. When you know the truth about missions. It removes pride. It removes shame. It removed labeling, the labels that you carry. Oh, she's a woman of, sir. So everybody know her business. she run back to the town and she tell the men, come see a man. He knows everything about me. And all the men said, child, we all do. <laughs> well, that's not what this mission is about. What we see, we see Jesus breaking the norm. We see Jesus get down to a level where he sees you. One of our speakers says, I am the God that sees you. God sees you. In mission, he sees you. If you're called to be a missionary and you can't see people, it's the wrong job. One of my friends in this room, I won't call her name, I will just point. She said, God, send me to California close to the beach on mission. Glory. <laughs> but missions is more than that. Jesus was willing to violate culture taboos to talk with the sinful Samaritan woman. What culture taboos are we facing in this room right now? Are you thinking, oh, I'm not from Trinity? I'm not from Green Valley? I'm not from um, Discovery? I'm not from ICLV? I am not from Grace Point? I am not from Grace Worship Center? And we have all these labels, but this morning God is saying, sisters, I want you to come together in a room, break down ethnicity break down cultural barriers, break down the labels on your your church doors and come together and worship me in spirit and in truth. That's what mission does. Mission allows you to go into places that only God can take you and bring you through with success. God allows you to reveal yourself gradually. We women, we go in the bathroom, we make friends so easily. But there's something in us that God wants to use. God wants to use your brokenness. This morning, and so at this moment, I'm going to call up the um, our worship team to come back on stage, and we're going to have this altar open, and all our panel they're going to line up here, and we're going to ask Pastor Madeline, and we're going to ask um, our women's minister director Miss Olema we're going to ask Miss Janelle, we're going to ask the women pastors, please come and join us. And ladies, we want to pray over you this morning. We want to declare to you that God sees you. That's the first thing we know about missions, and. And as you are ready to do that, also we have um, some envelopes and stuff in the pews. And we're saying to you, this morning, if you're led to give, pour into women ministry um, of of, um, Las Vegas sisterhood, we're asking you to give and give generously. Not because you believe that, oh my God, that's another mission thing that they're using to get my money. No, yes, I want your money, but that's not the only thing. You are doing something amazing. When I went for training at the DRC, ladies, you are giving dignity back to women in certain areas that they don't have certain things. Feminine napkin, yes. You are able to make care packages for little girls who are just starting their cycle, coming into their womanhood. You are doing so much. You're putting on roof. You're building um, nursery. You're building schools. You are changing lives all over the world. So this morning, if you come prepared to give, we just want to say thank you so much for your willingness. And as you give, we have a couple ladies who will be coming down with the offering. And while you do so, please come and get prayer before we leave here. We want to declare the Word of God over you. We want you to experience healing and transformation. We want you to experience hope and that is what mission does. Mission gives hope and the hope that mission gives, it will never be disappointed. Amen. So I'm going to ask all my panel if they can come down here and just pray over these ladies this morning. Father God, we just want to thank you right now for the offering. May you bless it, God. May you use it mightily for your kingdom. God, we want to thank you for all these ladies that pour and prepare and come, God, to help build up other sisters. God, we thank you. We bless you and we give you glory in Jesus' name.
9: see of the goodness So
0: You are in sisterhood. The lady next to you, in front of you, behind you, we've got your back. We're going to take you in front of the throne. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. We can ask, think, or even imagine according to the power of Christ that is at work within us. Ladies, we love you these altars are open you are welcome to come and pray with this team we have fed you spiritually we would love to feed you physically as well if you are not going to come up for prayer know that we have breakfast for you in the fellowship hall It's just right through the lobby on this side so it's my right your left good morning we are glad that you are here are dismissed at this time you can come pray you can grab something to eat if you have not given your contact card